Hey, this is Sam Duke. And this is Tell McHale. And I'm Joe Duke. We are here to check on you. You good, bruh? This is a safe space for men to express their emotions. We are here to bring a new and different definition of manhood, one topic at a time. We want to help create a new generation of men that are emotionally aware in order to improve these relationships. I know I'm trying to get good. I know I'm trying to get good. What about you? You You good, bruh? Hey, yo, it's your boy, Sam Duke. It's your boy, Tell McHale. And you are listening to another social distancing virtual episode of You Good (laughs) 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 Yes, I mean, we are here, man. Look, if if you're out here struggling, we're going to still keep putting content out there. Things for you to listen to. Uh, Podcast numbers have been going crazy. And I want to tell people, thank you for listening. Thank Thank you for sharing. You know, yep. th- just this month, I mean, you know, literally we we may hit a thousand people listen this month and that's, that's a, that's a blessing. And so, you know, when we started a podcast, we didn't know it was going to, you know, do what it's doing right now. So we're just going to keep doing this and I just hope you keep listening, keep sharing and keep, you know, you know, keep coming on and talking and sharing your experience. Um, like, subscribe. Yes. Like, <laughs> subscribe, share. Right. Um, <laughs> But yeah, we got some we got some pretty you know cool things coming down the pipe. I've been working on some things. Mikhail's been working on some things, and hopefully soon we'll have a little bit more you know to this you good bruh brand. And so hopefully you guys can keep keep staying with us and, and helping us spread the word. Um, today we got a, a a really really good good person with us today. One of our really really good friends. I've known known him for a very long time. Uh, yes, hold on. I've, I've known you since. Damn, it's been twelve years. Uh, yeah, yes. that fast. <laughs> yeah, it, it happens. Say, really, it, it, longer for me. It, it, I know it happens. <laughs> <laughs> it happens very, very, very quickly. The years go by really, really fast. Yeah, I, I, I met crazy. him. In, I met him in college. Uh, he is. He is one of my frat brothers. He is a. He is a patriarch of the chapter that uh, me and Mikhail came through in Kennesaw, and um. And, you know, he's been kind of getting at me for a while, you know, getting getting at, at me for a while about coming on the podcast. You know, timing kind of, you know, messes things up. But we now we at home and yeah. <laughs> and we got plenty of time. You look at how God works. Yeah, see how God worked out. <laughs> you see? So, yeah. So so now we got we got my, my brother Dwayne Willis on the show. Dwayne, say what's up to you. Good, bro. What's going on? You good, bro. <laughs> <laughs> it's funny hey. every time i ask people to say what's up to you good bro they say the same thing what's, hey. what's going on what's hey, going on hey man no, nothing's going on man look today i i you know we kind of we've been going back and forth just talking about about life Dwayne, and and you you want to tell these people what you do you know for a living and 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 talk about what you got going on first and then we can kind of delve into you know you as a person and and and, and your background a little bit Okay. Uh, right now, I am a place where I never thought I would be. I'm a math teacher. <laughs> so I teach math middle school for that. And I also serve as a head football coach at Salem Middle School in Lithonia. So, uh, man, it's it's been a blessing. It's been a learning period, uh, learning experience, all of that. But I'm just glad to be in the atmosphere of being able to inspire and encourage and motivate like I've been able to. 
that's dope, man. That's that's dope. And, and and teaching math, that's a good thing, man. Because we need, first of all, we need more male teachers in general. Oh yeah. You know oh, that's yeah. that's yeah. one. And then just the 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 emphasis on math in general. Because when I think about myself growing up, majority of my like my really really good math teachers were all men. You know, black men is that uh, calculus teacher. Shout out to Doctor Rucker and um mr ali was my trick teacher and when i tell you they 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 (laughs) it's it's math is such a difficult uh subject especially when you're you you're you know going through high school and then you're taking these advanced courses or whatever and you need sometimes men have a a a tendency to take the edge off of certain things and (laughs) and help people understand things in ways that i was gonna say i was gonna say i think i felt like because I only had one male uh, black uh, math teacher who taught geometry. Mm-hmm. And that was the only A I've ever gotten in my math career. <laughs> really? <laughs> and it wasn't, yeah, because it wasn't, you know, I have a phobia about math. Like I had I had to get a letter from a psychologist. Oh, yeah, you so did tell me. Yeah. yeah. And, um, but that was born out of uh, the first F I ever had in my school life. It And it was in eighth grade. And man, that thing, that devastated me. Like I had never failed ever. And then I got this flat out F and it was because of an administrative error where I was put in the honors program and I had never taken algebra before. And they put me in the algebra one honors program. Oh, and when I, I was a class clown. So the teacher thought I was playing when I told her that. I was like, ma'am, I don't know what you're talking about. And the whole class started <laughs> laughing. And they were like, you know, my reputation preceded me. So she was like, Mikhail, just sit down. You know, that about a half of the year, by this time of the year, matter of fact, right where we are, uh, she pulled me to the side. She said, when you told me in the beginning of the year that you didn't know what you were, you never, you were serious. Wait, I said, yeah. She started crying. She cried. Oh, yeah. Wow. Like she was like, she was like, oh my God. She failed. I'm so you. sorry. Yeah. Yeah. I, well, I had, I had actually, I was a smart kid. It was a basic skills test that put me in the honors program. And I was a smart kid. So I had started to understand algebra enough that I started passing. But fast forward, you know, my mom put me in summer school. That was a, that was a, that's a whole nother story. I, you know, I went through summer school. I continued on. To the, to uh, to matriculate through, but Mr. Barden was uh, my geometry teacher, and the crazy part is I remember Miss Jordan, who was that that algebra one teacher, and I remember Mr. Barden. So two impact teachers. Those are the only two math teachers I remember. Respect due to all of them, but those are the two that stuck out for me. And Mr. Barden, he was a, he was an odd cat, but he didn't take no shit. And he simplified it. And so the difference between my experience, the difference between a male and a female teacher is the the male teacher gets to the point to me. And, and, mm-hmm. and he just kind of like is real pithy, like, this is what this is, this yeah. is what that is. Yeah. Now go do it. Yeah. You know, it's no whole bunch of color. And so to me, that's important. Like yeah. I, I gotta have like succinct pithy information otherwise i'm freaking out because i'm always analyzing shit so i think that's and seeing a black man up there doing it made a difference for me yeah it does it does it gave me confidence that i could that you could do it exactly yeah exactly the crazy part is man i figured this out when i was younger like man probably six years old i figured out i was good at math but like (laughs) it was crazy (laughs) like no 
Like, seriously, man, I was in first grade. I skipped kindergarten, first grade. Uh, I fell asleep in, you know, one of those big old, um, one of the math sheets where you just do basic math and it's like a time situation yeah, and you yeah. get it done. Yeah. Man, I remember it had to be about like 25 problems. Man, I fell asleep in the thing. Like, I literally fell asleep in that. Didn't even start. Then I woke up. I had 10 minutes left to finish it. Man, I didn't do two of the problems and got all of them right. And I was like, man, something's up. And then even, <laughs> it, it, my teacher was like, like my teacher liked something up. And it just grew from there, man. Like, I've never had an issue or a problem with math. Well, piece of it. But, okay. yeah, mm. part, yeah, most part, man, it's pretty much understandable. Okay, cool, cool, cool. So all right, so all right, Wayne, we we're about to get in get into and get into the journey a little bit. You know. Gotcha. Let let let's get let's get some background, some history on, on who, who Dwayne who is Dwayne? Man, so um most people don't know, man, but I'm originally from Daytona Beach, Florida, man. Uh both of my parents were teachers, <laughs> come to figure out. Wow, I didn't know um, that. Dad, okay, I didn't know that. Yeah, man. I didn't my know dad, that part. That's honestly why I tried to shy away from it so much because I was like, man, I'm not trying to be no teacher. Both of my parents did this thing. My dad, he coached basketball and football, um, graduated from Bethune-Cookman. He came from Marietta, went to Marietta High School. Same Shout school. out to Bethune-Cookman. Yes, sir. Hey, man. Um, the, my mom was an elementary school teacher, uh, graduated from Bethune. The crazy part is my granddad was football coach there when my dad was there. So, wow. yeah, it was, it was interesting, man. I remember spending a lot of time on campus and just being inter interacting with different college students and hanging in dorms and all that stuff, man. So it, it was it was good times. But then eventually it, it shifted. But um, I've always been taught that I was that smart kid, man. Like, uh, I honestly, most people, again, don't know. I didn't start playing sports or even touch a football, basketball, whatever the case is, until I came to Georgia. Uh, my parents were very strict as far as, like, education. And um, fun fact, man, music-wise, man, my parents wouldn't let me listen to no black music whatsoever when I was young. <laughs> like, dude, you got to think, at that time, time when Luke was coming out. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, that makes sense. Man, so, like, when I was growing up, man, I'd be in the car and I'm listening to, like, Phil Collins and shit and the bangles. It, it was just, like, wild. So, of course. I mean, man, that's still good um, music. That, that, it, oh, it's good. Yeah, I was about to say, that, that's actually black music back then. Like, that's it was true. Still, yeah. like, that was we still had a part music. in that. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. We, just had, that, we, had, a black, we had a black market. With yeah. Luke. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> man, in that aspect, man, I was raised the oldest of, I had two younger brothers, man, so. Um, everything like when I was first born and they were born, everything was cool, man. Like I had both parents, uh, Christmases, all that good stuff. And, um, my dad at that point in time, of course, still dealing with the people that he was with in college. And, uh, after talking that, to him after a while, I found out, man, he used to sell drugs. Like he was selling drugs through high school and college. Really? So, yeah, I was like, man, that's crazy. But I do remember every time he came in town of Georgia, man, he had a water hundreds. And he just gave hundreds out like it was just Christmas every day. So it was just like, yeah, so it, it just made sense. Like, um, so eventually got to a point, man, where somewhere in there he got strung out on drugs. And with that being the case, I just remember I had uncles that I had never met come into Florida. They took us to the beach and everything. And then my dad was gone. 
Like, I don't know what happened. Like, I had no clue. It was just like he came. They came, they got him, they left. Really? Yeah, dude. It was like all just a quick shift. Well, yeah, I said within a, how, like what? Like what period of time? Like was that like within two three months or? No, it was a weekend. They came a weekend. They picked them up. They left. Wow. Yeah, it, it was just so. Once that happened, man, my mom moved back in with my grandma. Oh well, her mother. Uh, my grandmother had polio at the time. Um, and it was me, my mom, my brothers, and then a couple of my cousins and two of my aunts that were living together. And eventually it got to the point where my mom got strung out. So we pretty much were at the house with my grandma majority of the time and my aunts. And, um, again, man, like when I got older, I learned all this. One of my aunts actually called my granddad, my dad's dad here in Georgia. And she was like, you know, things aren't going too good. You you might have to come get them. So I remember my granddad, one of my, my dad's sisters and a cousin of mine. He had to be about, man, seven, six, seven, whatever the case is. I remember that my grandmother told me I had to grab one toy. Each of us grabbed one toy, me and my brothers. And my granddad, they drove us up here to Georgia and we didn't go back to Florida at all. We basically were raised here. So this had to be like when I was in fourth grade. So it, it, it was it was it was just a shift, man, because you got to think um, we kind of were in an island in Florida. So it was like I didn't know my dad's siblings. I didn't know my cousins here. And I know my grandma here had 10 kids. It's over 70 grandkids. Mm. I ain't know none of them. So they pretty much picked me up, dropped me off, me and my brothers off, and dropped me off at my grandmother's house, which my grandmother and granddad wasn't even together at the time. They brought me, dropped me off over my grandma's house with my brothers, and he left. And my grandma from that point pretty much raised me. So, you know, it, it's, it, it's, it's weird, man, just thinking about it, because even like talking to my brothers, like we all handled it a different way. With me being the oldest, I pretty much always been the don't complain, let's go. Uh, my middle brother, he's always been the A man that gives me the short end of the stick person. So he he's he he's really touchy on the subject. And then my youngest brother, man, he was like in diapers. He was two. Yeah, he don't remember so, any of that. Yeah. yeah, he really don't remember it. He still just was on baby mode. So me, of course, coming in again, black kid don't listen to no uh black music at a time where Booty Shake is taking off in Atlanta. <laughs> oh, Atlanta was, was going crazy, yeah. right? But I mean, that changed. That hey, changed. I'm talking about don't play no sports. I'm all about education. All my cousins, you got to think, even my girl cousin, they all play basketball. So it was like everybody in my family played the sport. My dad, again, he got a football scholarship. for the So that side, growing up in Marietta, all – my dad and his siblings went to Marietta High School. You know, I'm basically coming into an avenue where I'm just this person that's nowhere near like the family. Yeah, really. So, did you feel like yeah. an oddball or something? Like, it was just like... Or yeah, it was like I was adopted, man. <laughs> like, it's, it's, like, I walked in, everybody played something, and they like, yeah, what you doing? I'm like... Hey man, you put some numbers in front of me now. I'm gonna calculate this shit quick. <laughs> I'm a human calculator. <laughs> look, look, I can add the change up in your pocket real fast. Hey, <laughs> so it, it was more or less, man, me coming to Georgia, I just had to find myself, man. Yeah, I I've 
it that honestly from the time i stepped into georgia to like high school college it always was just finding myself mm-hmm. as far as like who i was because i don't know man i've always seen myself as being weird at times now i can still be weird just depending on where the avenue or what situation i'm in but um yeah like i said coming in getting to meet my family here and getting to know them and figure them out and uh, honestly, it, it was tough, but I think by the time I hit about 11, 12 years old, it started to change just because my grandmother started putting me in like physical activities, like mm-hmm. busting all A's, it was easy. Like it was really easy coming up. But, um, yeah, once I got into that physical activity and learning different things, man, I just realized I was angry, dude. Like I was honestly, I didn't want to be here. So I already was angry for coming to Georgia in the first place because I, no, I, I didn't know anybody. Right. Um, man, maybe within the eight or nine years before I got here, I came here once to visit. And my dad left me over at my grandmother's house and I cried the whole damn night and he had to come here. That's the only experience I've had or had had with my grandmother and my family. So, yeah, man, um, growing up then, man, it was just like an angry mode. Like I was just constantly angry. I honestly couldn't tell you why I was like, like I said, I didn't want to be here, but it's like good things are happening here. And I just was angry. Like, I just didn't want to be here. Man. Well, I mean, not just, I mean, like, you got, we always say, give yourself a little grace because you literally went from having both parents to having neither one of your parents and being moved into a completely different area within a very short amount of time from what, from, yeah, I mean, 20, yeah, it's like, <laughs> It, it it just sounds like I mean it's a, it's a shift a huge shift and a shock. Yeah, it, it it was honestly it was shocking. But like I said, I had a couple I had a couple of um, aunts and uncles that kind of like understood, and from them understanding, man, I had kind of that closeness and grew relationship with them. So it really wasn't that bad. Honestly, it was one of my uncles that was like, "Hey, man, everybody play sports around right? here. Go put them." take them to the recreation center, put them in something. Like, it was just one of those boats. Yeah. So, yeah, so it, it was, yeah, it was interesting, man. It, it's, it's just, I, that's all I can say. It was just interesting. Okay, so, so, go ahead, go ahead. Miguel. Now I was going to ask, I said, well, just kind of reflect on the story, like, at what age did you realize what was going on with your parents? Like, you know what I mean? Like, is, did you always know, or did you? With my like, dad? With my dad, it was probably about 14, 15, like my freshman year of high school. Okay. Because then my, uh, by like eighth grade was my first year I even played football. And so by the time I hit the football field, man, everybody knew my name because everybody in my family had went to the schools there. So gotcha. it was an expectation. You know, my dad is the only, my dad is the only person in my family that got a football scholarship out of the So, you know, expectations was high. But it, it was just more or less, man, um, once I started playing sports and people weren't there, and you got to think, the time that they brought us here, my dad was already here. Like, my dad literally was staying in the basement of my grandmother's house. Hmm. Oh, really? Yeah. So it was one where, and, and he was still using. Yeah, wow. So it was one where, like, Whoa. even though he was there, we barely saw him. So it was like, you know, if he wasn't there in certain areas in Marietta that, you know, people that use probably, they hung out at. And I mean, I yeah, knew those sure. areas. 
clear escape because I mean my brothers used to sell, so it's like they lived near the areas. Mm -hmm. Right. So it, it's one where like I knew where he was, and it was just like the more and more I got better at honing my skill and more recognition I got, nobody was there. It was just more obvious what was going on. I mean, that's got to be a real mind fuck though for you to like, cause you like you have your dad there, but you don't have your dad at the same yeah. time. Yeah, very. I mean, as soon as you said that, I was like, that is weird as fuck. He's yeah. present, but he's present but absent. Yeah, absent. yeah, exactly, exactly. Yeah. So, I mean, it, it it was like I said, it was one that I had to get over again, man. Being the oldest person. I, I, as a kid, I had thick skin, man. And that's honestly what got me through middle school because middle school is hell. Me teaching it, <laughs> but <laughs> you see it now, huh? It's worse. It's worse now. But I mean, I remember different middle school experiences where people try to pick on me and do different things and all that. But it's just like, man, I had such tough skin coming here, man. All I could do is just talk back. Like, my. I, I tell my middle schoolers now, man, if I went to middle school with y'all now, y'all want to fight me. Because mm. I already joke, I already crack jokes and everything on my middle schoolers now. My football players, all they know I'm going to crack jokes on them. It's, it's no filter. But middle school then, that was kind of like my safety net. Like, that's that's kind of how I protected myself. Because it was like a lot of people pretty much me knew, pretty much knew coming in. Um like I said, fourth grade, so I only had one year with him. So by the time we hit middle school, man, everybody knew each other. And I still was kind of like on that outward um, group until yeah. I started playing football in eighth grade. But, yeah, man, it was it was just the way I protected myself, man. I pretty much had to, you know, people to crack jokes. They talk about me and stuff. I'm talking about – and it, it, it would – it was one where, man, I'm talking about your mama. If your mama over there using where my dad is, oh, I'm gonna tell everybody. Like, oh it was man, one of those, oh, oh yeah, oh, oh yeah. man, like it was bad. Oh, that's it was no, bad. That's no good at all. <laughs> that was bad. Enough. So, so like, did you struggle to make friends? Um, actually, I really didn't struggle because with people, everybody knew my brothers. I had a brother that. Was playing for Marietta High School. He blocked for one of the best quarterbacks ever to play at Marietta, so everybody knew him. I had the other yeah. brother who was drug dealer, man. Everybody knew he was clean all the time. So with that, people just knew who I was from them. So honestly, it was like to a point where I really was untouchable at a certain point. It was just like, okay, right. that's, you know, it will is whatever the case is, blah, blah, blah. So once I got to high school, man, that's kind of when I kind of brought it all together. Like, um, one of the things that kind of helped me and it's crazy, uh, I had a basketball coach that was like, Hey man, uh, I see you getting good at basketball, whatever the case is. How about I put you in this boys and girls club? Like I'll pay for you, your brothers to go, you know, you play basketball for the club, whatever the case is. And that's when I was like, damn, I'm athletic a little bit. Like I, I can kind of run, I can kind of <laughs> jump, you know, I, I got some strength, like yeah. I got some natural shit going yeah, on yeah, that I ain't even talking about. It was that so, math moment. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. I was like, exactly. I'm actually good at it. I was like, damn. And then, of course, moving that to high school, I'm like, shoot. Hey, girls like niggas that play sports. They hey, don't man. care about the damn. Hey, hey. Not until your junior, not until your junior senior year where you can help their ass with some Bruh. shit to graduate. I tell people all the time. I switched from the band to, to, <laughs> to football very fast. 
I was like, yeah, girls like it, so that's where I'm going to be at. Exactly. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Okay, so but, so let's 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 move on past high school into college. What what was what was college like like life like? Man, college. Uh, I started at Georgia Southern, and I actually have my I have a degree from Georgia Southern in accounting. Okay. Um, I went to Georgia Southern. I was seventeen when I got to Georgia Southern. I say that those were the best five years of my life. Dude, I was actually able to find myself, man. Like, um, I always had a tough, well, I kind of still had that time now, man, as far as just reading people and just kind of fitting into a certain place. High school, I was a chameleon. Like, white people like me, black people like me, the whole nine. So with my parents going to an HBCU, uh, me trying to make a decision, I wanted to go somewhere where I felt the same way I felt in high school. So that was where Georgia Southern kind of came from. I could have went to Georgia, but too many of the white guys that I went to high school with was going there. So I was like, yeah, man, I'm not trying to get fixed into a box of a certain network. You know, I wanted to kind of find myself Mm -hmm. and from finding myself kind of moving from there. So Georgia Southern, man, Georgia Southern was great. It, It was great. I was able to find myself. I was able to actually put a pinpoint on who I was. And people now, liked wait, was, me for who I was. Now, now, was this an active search or just by happenstance you found yourself? Like, did you, were you waking up saying, ooh, let me go find myself today? Or was this just like a, oh, wow, I just discovered this about myself. Like, was it active no. or was it reactive? It was almost like different things were happening and I'm like, oh, snap, okay. Like, I, I just learned a lot about myself. And okay. it was a lot of things that were coming or becoming more clear to me, so to speak. So it, it was like different leadership opportunity. Like I was like, dang, man, I actually can lead some things. Like high school, I knew I could um, with me winning Mr. Marietta and just doing big things. But then with me, like being in a wait, business. Wait, 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 what? <laughs> what? <laughs> winning Mr. Marietta? <laughs> yeah, I was. So man, you, you was like the, the homecoming king. Is that, that, that That's the homecoming king, well, so to speak. Well, Marietta has what is called overall for that senior class, Mr. Marietta, that person that just exemplifies everything about Marietta High School and the experience and stuff. Gotcha. And, dude, it is funny because crazy part, only reason I wanted my GPA, that's why I was like, smart niggas, man, smart niggas. Because <laughs> <laughs> it was like, when they, start, when they start doing the ballots, they was like, hey, man, let's vote for this guy. And my position coach was actually in the classroom. He was an English teacher. He was like, hey, the person that you vote for has to have over 3.0. And they was like, oh, snap. Oh. Don't nobody go over here. Uh, don't nobody in here got over a 3 up. And they was like, hold up. Big Dog got a 3.5. And they was like, hold up. You got a 3.5. I'm like, yeah. And all the votes just went there. <laughs> it was just that deal. As it should. As, as it should. It I mean, should. That, it, it, it was just that deal. Scholarship you matters. Celebrate it. Scholarship matters just as much, there. just as everything yeah. else. You know, I mean, I just think it, popularity, yeah. playing sports overall. Yeah. If, if if that's what they were looking for, that makes sense to me. Yeah. But it, it was it, yeah. But back to college, man, and finding myself. One of the things that I found, and I didn't know it was detrimental to me until after. I got out of college, man. At times, I felt myself changing who I was because of different people I dealt with. 
again, coming out of college, man, there was different things that I was analyzing about myself. And I started to see, man, I was a people pleaser. Like in high school, it was pretty much one where I was a chameleon dealing with white people I dealt with. You know, I acted a certain way dealing with black people. I acted a certain way, but I got along with everybody. And it kind of helped me in college as well. Of course, me coming through an accounting program, the accounting program only had like four black people and two black guys. So me and another black dude graduated with an undergraduate in accounting together. And I saw this dude like my whole program. Mm -hmm. But other than that, man, it was predominantly white. So I started to look and I was like, man, I'm like, at this point analyzing. And I was like, man, that's where my people pleasing ideas came from. Because then moving forward in life, man, I found that I was scared when I dealt with people to show people who I was because I was so used to being in that avenue of pleasing people, if that right. makes sense. Right. So it, it got to that point where, man, like it got even more detrimental in my relationships, like me dating people. Because it was like, you know, I know how to treat a woman like a gentleman and I do all these different things, but it's like, I'm doing things to keep you happy. But at that point in time, I was like, man, it's not necessarily important for me to be happy. It was just like, as long as I'm keeping another person happy, man, everything's cool. So it wasn't like their happiness means my happiness. It was literally just, let me serve you, I guess. Exactly. Okay. Exactly. So um it, it got to that point where man like i said it just i got i got scared to show people who i really was because again just taking it back from where i came from um with my mom being there and all those different things man i was used to people just leaving because i remember even at that point in time when i was younger i used to say man um i expected the worst to happen so when it happened i wasn't surprised that, that was always my thing. Really? Yeah. Like, I always used to say that. And then people was like, man, that's negative. And I'm like, no, it's not negative because I'm always ready. Like, a it's a defense mechanism at the best, bro. Yeah. I mean, yeah. At that point, yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, with that, me graduating out of college, man, I got set up with some friends and um, we got an apartment. Everything's rolling. Everything's cool. Um, I was dating a girl at the time, and then um, I had a cousin that was basically with us. He was in the apartment. Uh, he decided to re-enlist into the military and left us with the big He's just like, what? I'm out. Yeah. <laughs> I'm out. Again, man, like I said, man, it's, it's crazy because, like I said, when things like this happen, I'm not surprised because it's like it's been happening to me my whole life. Just people just up and leave, make a decision and go. So you you were the ultimate pessimist. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. At that point, oh, yeah. Or, I mean, is it still like that? Or is that how you always, I mean, is that just something you come out of? Or is that just something that's still, it still kind of holds true to who you are today? Um, Today, not more so, man. I I actually get to learn and know people more now, man. So it's I, I, I give more of the benefit of the doubt. I, I am one of those people, man. I trust you first till you fuck. That, that's pretty much me. It, that's just what I do. So it's like, I'll give you all trust until you do something. And after that, it's tough. Like, it's, it's damn near impossible. Being honest. Mm. But. Okay, so 
this is a it's a funny it's it, it's interesting oxymoron because you work with children right you work with kids exact boy and and <laughs> And you know the thing about working with kids is a lot of times it's like you're, you're aspirational. You know, it's always yeah. You know, you're 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 going to do great things. You you can do anything yeah. you put your mind you're playing, to. Planting good seeds. Yeah, planting oh. good seeds, and that's very optimistic, right? And your background is not necessarily. You know, you're saying you. Of course, people change and evolve, but oh, your yeah. background you come from a very pessimistic stance, right? And so how do you balance that? The crazy part is, again, when you talk about purpose, that's why it's one of the things that pushed me to be who I am today. Because like now as a teacher, man, I talk to every kid. I more or less gravitate to those kids that don't say anything. Just because, man, now, man, kids deal with adult issues now. You never know what's going on. Like it's Half of the kids that I know here in their situations, man, it's crazy. Like, I've never heard of anything <laughs> close to it. But now it's just more or less where, man, I had to do, before all this happened, I had to do a lot of soul searching to actually get to this point. Because now teachers look at me and they like, man, you're a pretty patient person. You really don't let a lot of things get to you. And I'm like, all oh, honesty, I can't. Because, and it's funny, one of my football coaches told me it's, if you're dumb, I don't blame you. I blame your parents. Mm. Anytime I made a mistake, he was like, man, if you're stupid, but I don't blame you, I blame your parents. And I was like, okay, do I really want to fight this man? Because he just called my parents stupid. Like, really, <laughs> indirectly, that's what he said. But I had to think about it. And when you look at it, man, dealing with kids, kids are pretty much programmed. Like, it just, they just don't come out the womb like this. Right. They grow up in an environment and the environment makes them into who they are. And sometimes, man, the things that you think are wrong, they don't find wrong because it happens in the house every day. Right. It's normal for them. Exactly. So when you sit there and you grow accustomed, you can't blame kids. You can't blame the kids. All you can do is try to reprogram, show them something different. And when you get to that point where they can make a decision for themselves, trust that they know what you taught them they can use that deference to figure out what's right and what's wrong. So yeah. I, I yeah, say all but, the time, I say all the time that kids come here pretty much perfect. Yeah. And, and we fuck them up. The adults yeah. fuck them up, the ones that are around them and, and, or we lift them up. That's the other yeah. option. Oh. But whenever you, you know, yeah. cause it's, you have choice. It's options. It is. That's true. <laughs> so, okay, so yeah. so let's play a quick game. In what ways have, have have your parents fucked you up and lifted you up? Man, hey. Okay, so <laughs> hey, wait, was that dad, just with Dwayne? Are you just that, asking? Derek I mean, it, 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 everybody can go. Everybody can go. It's fine. I, I'm fine. Okay, with it. so I, I'm sorry. I got two of them already. Okay, my dad. My dad doesn't believe in begging or asking for shit. Like I saw Chappelle, and Chappelle was like, "Man, yeah." If I got a kid and you ain't eight, nigga, you better not ask people for shit. We ain't hungry. We rich. <laughs> don't ask nobody for shit. It don't look like you hungry, whatever the case is. My dad was the exact same way. So it was to a part where, man, you can be somewhere starving. And he got you on the time frame to eat. You better not say a damn thing. And the moment that you said something, my dad didn't whoop me. He slapped the shit out of me. Mm-hmm. Like, he was a necker. He was a smacker. Like, he's like, man, why am I going to spend all this time out of breath whooping you when I can just hit you two, three times and you get the point. 
I'm the exact same way. I do the shit with my nephews. Like, literally. My nephews, they get over on my older brother. Because I do got an older brother, my dad, different story. But either way, they come to me, they behave, they do all this other stuff. My brother's like, what the hell do you do to them? And I'm like, nigga, I smack the shit out of them. I don't whoop them. I don't use a belt. No. I will neck them. I will, I'm like, bro, I only need about two or three hits. Two or three hits, you'll leave me alone. But those are like the two biggest things. My dad, like, man, hey, he he messed me up on those. <laughs> he, he really messed me up on those. Okay, what ways did he lift you up? Dude, my dad is the most unselfish man that I know. Like, he will give his last to make sure you're good. And it, it's just like, even with me not growing around him like that, like, you know, he he was there younger and then me growing, going through high school, he really wasn't there. He was in and out. When I got to college, man, I struggled. Like, I really struggled. And one of the things is still true today, man, I'm very prideful. Like, it's, it's came down a little bit more, but I'm not big on asking for help. Like, it's if I got to do it, I got to do it. We got to find, I'm going to find a way to make it happen. But he would call and just check on me, just random check-ins. And he could hear it in my voice. Like, he'd be like, hey, man, you're okay? And I'm like, yeah, I'm good, man. You know, just doing what I need to do and blah, blah, blah. And he'll talk to me. He'll constantly ask me, are you okay? And next thing you know, he'll just send me a care package, man, with money and just different things. And it was just random out the blue. And like I said, man, I've never, like, if I needed it from him, it's no question. He doesn't even ask what it's for. I'm like, hey, man, I need this. Cool, it's in the mail. Or cool, I'm sending it by uh, FedEx or whatever the case is. Like, he he is the most unselfish dude I know. Like I said, he used to come around the, ha- the family and just pass out $100 bills, man. Like, he still does it today. But it's just one where, man, his unselfishness, man, yeah, I can't match that. I try to. I was about to say, is that is that that's something aspirational for you? Is that is that is that kind of how you move? I mean, just knowing you, I kind of think that's a that's that's a that's a part of who you are. Financially, when I'm there, yeah. But as far as myself and being there for people, yeah. yeah I was about to say, bro, he was selling drugs. Like, hey, you can't match that on a teacher salary. Like, nah, just, there's no man. way. <laughs> exactly, bro. Come on, man. You can't. <laughs> not even close. You be handling, you be well, handling, well, out, yeah. handing out ones. You be handing out ones, not hundreds. I mean, whatever, yeah. whatever you can give. <laughs> but what I was to say, from a personal aspect, you feel like you're a giver too. Yeah, I, I've always been taught, again, when it comes to kids, and that's why it works so well, man, I'm a servant, man. Like, I'm here to basically be here for you, and almost like your parents. Like, I take that same pride. I always have. So so let's kind of get into that, because, I mean, you got an accounting degree, and uh, I know you worked at the Y, and then you, you kind of gotten into this, I guess you revisited your parents' profession, like, talk about that transition because that's kind of what got you to this purpose. Man, the crazy part is um, I've always been told two things. That I was covered and protected. Like, everything that happened in my life, man, I've always had somebody that's just like, hey, man, you have grace. Like, you're covered and you have grace. And I never understood it. Never knew it. I was just like, okay, I just moved. But um eventually when i was working with boys and girls club uh i got to a point where 
I felt that I had mastered my job. And, you know, when you get to that point where you feel like you mastered, it's like, man, either I'm looking for the next level. Sure. Yeah. Or either I have, yeah, or, or, I have to move. I have to move. And I got to a point, again, I got that complacent point. And at the same time, man, I had a boss that came in and I ain't gonna lie. Um, I had a mentor of mine, he talked about cash, K-A-S-H, cash. And he always talked about you wanna have more cash than other people. And I was like, cash, and he's like, knowledge, attitude, skill, and habits. You always wanna have those four things that are better Repeat than who you're working Yeah, put it, say that one more time. Um, cash, knowledge, attitude, skill, and your habits. Gotcha. Gotcha. Yeah. I like and that. he was like, when you move, you want to make sure that you have more cash than the people that you work for or the people that report to you. Cause you got to think if I am your boss and you have more cash than I do, you're not going to listen to me because you feel like your knowledge is above mine. You feel like your attitude is better than mine. You feel like your skills are better than mine. So think about it. When you're working for somebody that you feel like you're better than, how do you handle that? Mm-hmm. Now you become now it becomes a difficult situation. Exactly, it's contentious. Yeah. yeah. So it got I, honestly, it got to that point. I had a supervisor that had came in for a, a job that I interviewed for, and I had more cash than she did. So like my colleagues would call me for advice. Uh, different people would like they would bypass her. So at a certain point, she felt threatened by me. So it eventually got to a point where, of course, if you're threatened by somebody and you feel like they're coming after you and they're coming to take your job, you're going to try to get them out of there or remove them, so to speak. So I actually started to feel that in my job. Mm. And I don't work well. (laughs) I don't work well like that. I don't work well like that. Um, my mind constantly stays on it. Um, I went and talked to supervisors and different things, telling them I felt that way. Dude, one one time they tried to, ba- she basically tried to get me fired because I went to a family reunion and my, my um, basically the people that report to me, Rick Ross came to my Boys and Girls Club. Of course, you can't just walk into the club. You got paperwork to sign and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. They were so starstruck, they let him in. Mm-hmm. So he recorded, took pictures, did all this stuff. Oh, no. no. I have no clue this is going on. With children. With children. So then I come back. They tell me, hey, yeah, man, Rick Ross came to the club, blah, blah, blah. Me being the supervisor that I am, I assume you contacted people to make sure that this could happen. So I'm like, oh, okay, cool. No problem. Maybe two months after it happened, that same boss came to me and was like, first she came to me and was like, yeah, so what's up with this Rick Ross thing? And I'm like, oh, you didn't know? And she's like, no, I had no clue. And I'm like, I found out when I got back. And she was like, well, why didn't you tell me? And I'm like, I thought you knew. Things just don't happen. You have to go through procedures. Hmm. And I thought they told you. And she's like, no, they didn't. So she was like, you had no clue about this? I'm like, I'm in Memphis. No, not until I got back. And she was like, okay, because, yeah, that that probably could have been your termination, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, what? <laughs> like, I ain't even here. <laughs> so then she pulls the <laughs> other two guys in. 
How you get fired on your day yeah, off? Yeah, you getting fired on your day off. She pulled, oh, no, no. Come on, Craig. Honestly, right. we'll talk offline because that actually happened. I, I, I will, will I'll get into that. <laughs> but, oh, Lord. <laughs> but, um, yeah, with that, she called the other two guys in and she was like, you know, it's okay. You didn't know procedures, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, hold up, bro. They've been working here over a year. They should know procedures. So how in the world does this fit differently for them than it does for me? Right. Again, it's one of those situations. But the Boys and Girls Club thing, it got to a point where, man, I wasn't growing. And I even went to a supervisor like, I'm not growing. Almost like paying in full, I ain't eating. Yeah, mm-hmm. It was one of those I ain't eating mode. Yeah, you're just not getting what you need out of it. So I was like, hey, man, I can help new uh, new directors coming in. Like, I gave, I came in with ideas of how to help. Right. And he was like, well, okay, we'll think about it. And then maybe a month after that, it was a transition that happened where I was no longer with Boys and Girls Club. It was like, it was just that fast. Situation mm-hmm. happened, whatever the case is. Again, I wasn't even in town, and it fell in my plate. And this time they had enough to get me out of there. Right. And right. with that, again, man, I had like that was that might have been that that might have been one of my rock bottom points. Cause you gotta think, man, I've been serving kids for over 20 years. And then you take the avenue that I basically been fulfilling my purpose away from me. Like all the kids that I've been reaching, all the kids that I've been touching, man, I had seven Gates Millennium Scholars come out of my club. Hey, yo, by if the way, by the way, know, y'all about to say, explain that because that's if real. If you don't know, the Gates Millennium Scholars, that is a scholarship that Bill Gates gives to kids that basically every step of college that they touch, Gates pays for it. Yes, all so the way it up doesn't to the matter. doctorate. Yes. Everywhere through the doctorate. So Good with God, that. Yeah, so you had different kids coming out of my club just, I mean, every year I at least had one. A couple, a couple years I had two. But it was just, man, I was just creating avenues. But again, when you have more cash than people, it gets to a point where people are intimidated and try to get you out of it. So it, it, it was like, again, at that point in time, I had like two months because <clears throat> it happened during the summer. And I called the infamous T. John DeCosta. I was talking to T. John. And I'm like, yo, man, like, this is where I'm at right now. This is how I'm feeling. Like, I just, uh, eventually, I just started opening up to people as far as, like, how hurt I was. Because, again, you put 20 years into something and you did all this stuff, man. And then, like, to have somebody, like, really do you like that, it was just, yeah, I I really wasn't feeling it. So, talked to T. John. And T. John was like, hey, man. You be an asset in the cab. And I was like, what you mean? He's like, man, I know you talked about teaching before. Would you really want to do it? And I'm like, honestly, I wouldn't be against it. Because the thing is, again, when you talk about, and just like kids now, it's certain kids that say, hey, man, I don't play basketball. And then you put them on a basketball court, man, and they got more skill than everybody out there. It's like, you don't know what you're good at until you attempt it and try to tell all my players. Yeah. So it was just like, man, my teachers, or my my parents were teachers. Man, I ain't trying to do this, but I might be good at it. Let me try it. Mm. And I went ahead and put my paperwork in. Man, everything was flawless. Tijon, man, shout out to Tijon. 
Because all honesty, his talking and his leading at that point in time, and it's funny how rever- uh, how roles reverse. That's the crazy part. Mm. It's funny how roles reverse. But he talked me through it, got me in there. Um, I had two interviews, man. Both schools wanted me. I chose Towers. <laughs> Towers High School, boy. Uh, I, I, I'm, it's funny to me because people always have uh certain they always got something to say when they know something but when they think something bad it's like oh man like hey man them kids over there yeah, they, they, teachers they prepare and, you for oh, it right they, man. they, they, they put but you dude, that was the perfect experience for me to come into like i'm talking about the perfect experience um i came in teaching seniors teaching pre-calculus and it was funny man the first day uh, matter of fact, Dijon, I saw him on Instagram at the school in the same class. And he was like, I got a teacher coming for y'all. I got a teacher coming for y'all. <laughs> I was like, man, he's just talking. And then I'm talking about, I walked in that thing. And it's funny because, like, even now I do it. I wear a bow tie dress, like, I dress up, dress up. So I come in, I come into the classroom. That administrator was like, here's your teacher. Okay, Mr. Willis, have a good day. And she left me. And I was like, <laughs> I ain't got no lesson plan. Uh, oh, I don't have a lesson plan. I don't know none of the kids. I don't know nothing. And I'm just like, okay. Sink or swim. So, yeah. man, when you talk about God putting you in places to prepare you, Boys and Girls Club, every job that I've had in Boys and Girls Club, nobody ever trained me. I always found my way. So me coming in, I'm like, oh, kids are kids, man. Yeah, I don't you, know you. you. You dealt with them at the club. I exactly. Yeah. I don't know you. You don't know me. Icebreaker. Let's do an icebreaker. And we pretty much just talk and just talk about what they wanted to do and what schools they were applying for and all that good stuff. And I was like, okay. And I just did it with every class that first day. And then I went home and I got the lesson plan template, man. And I put the whole rest of the week together. I looked in the books, looked at where they were supposed to be, did all that good stuff, and I put right. it together. And my biggest thing was, I ain't even going to lie, I was like, I'm going to be the biggest a-hole teacher that these kids have their senior year. And I told somebody that, and they was like, man, what do you mean? And I'm like, you don't understand. The asshole teachers are the teachers that prepare you for college. That- they demand, they demand, and they challenge, and they, stri- they, they basically push you yeah, Dog. to get to a point where when you get to college, it's easy. That right there is the is is a word, bro. When I tell you, I had this teacher. He was a white teacher. Uh, his name is Scott Brown. Senior year, you know, I'm that kid that I've always made great grades. I'm like one of the best all around. I'm most likely to succeed, you know. Mm-hmm. And I and I get in his class. He's he's a political science teacher. He's teaching AP political science. And what what people don't understand about inner city schools is they have to have a certain number of AP students. Yeah. Even if the students are not AP level, they they just stick you in there and you can't get out. It's like prison. There's nothing you can do. I ain't going to say it's like prison. No, it's straight like prison. There's nothing you can do. There's nothing. Your parents can call, cry, complain. Nothing. You literally either have to leave the school or you're going to sit in that class because there's a pool of money that they have to get and the, yep. the students have to sit in that course. And yep. and Mikael, when I tell you, I cussed him out. 
I used mm. to get kicked out. And I'm not even that ain't even in my character, by the way. But it it was just that he was such an asshole. And he his his expectations mm. were so far beyond what any teacher at that school yeah. would put in that. He made us yeah. write a paper every week, like weekly. Four and five page papers every week. At that point, I ain't. I only wrote one paper, and that was for literature. That was for my, you know. <laughs> was and, he and, even and, we, that shit? and we had yes, yes, yeah. Because that that's yeah. literally what pissed me off the most. Because oh, yeah. because I would write this shit, and he would give you a D and mark that shit all the way up. Like <laughs> your, your shit is trash. You yeah. know what I'm saying? And so literally, I just thought he was just that being an asshole. But at the end of the day, he was the only teacher that I had taken from kindergarten. To to twelfth grade that prepared me for college, the only one. Because when yeah, I, cause I when, when when I got to college, I took political science and I failed, and I went back to what I, I had all my I kept I kept all my shit for some reason, and I went back to what I had learned when I was in his classes in his political science classes, and went through went through his notes of things that you know th- things that had happened in American history and. And and just the the essence of political science in the country, and literally that's when I decided I would be a political science major, use and using what I learned in high school, and that's right. how I ended up passing the class. So yeah, so yeah you're you're right. right. I, I'm, I'm no, being. I mean, I, oh. I, mine was uh, my band teacher, uh, and he's the bros too. Uh, and then uh, he was I don't want to call him an asshole, out of the context of what. What everybody else may understand an asshole to be, yeah. Like he just—he he was a very strong personality that didn't take no shit from nobody. Yeah, that's an asshole. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Good off-key definition. Right. And, yes. And I mean, he—he—he he, he demanded excellence. He—he—he he, he went to Tennessee State. He was a drum major. He was a oh, marine. Yeah. Oh, oh man. I mean, oh. and he's the bruh. So it was wee. just like. He just demanded it, demanded it, and he took me musically to to levels I never expected. Like I, I like I liked music, I enjoyed it. I, I mean, I loved music. Yeah. But he made it uh, a more of a uh, the structure that needed to be there. So I ended up just not playing in regular band. I was in symphonic band, a traveling jazz band. Like we actually used to do events like grown up events and we were the jazz band for that event. Now we ain't get no money for that cuz you know. Yeah, but I, I don't know if he ever He did probably either. got a, he probably got some money for. <laughs> I'm gonna be honest with you. I, say, <laughs> I can't say. I'm about to say uh, he, he has, y'all y'all were booked and busy. <laughs> Especially during Christmas season, please, bro. But but that's what I'm saying like he he opened the door and it was him driving. I ended up playing two different saxophones. I didn't just play one and then I and then he found out toward the end of uh my senior year that I could sing, and he was like, "Rosa, what the hell? How are you?" Because he had a, he had a jazz singer for the, mm-hmm. for the. I could have been doing stuff, but it was like he just, you know, drove, mm-hmm. drove, drove, and so. It, and he's another memorable teacher. He's actually one of the bros that inspired me to want to be bros. You know? And it's crazy because when that happens, man, you never forget who that teacher is. No, you don't. You never, never forget who that teacher is. And anytime but, I have a win, I always say, you know what. I feel like part of that win was tied to, to that to that teacher to that particular individual. So yeah, okay. So it's it's, it's some credence in there, and and that's yeah. the that's the beauty of of the profession that you're in, uh, Dwayne, right. is like understanding and knowing that, you know, being a teacher is is something that we're sitting here 
I'm 30, y'all 30 plus. And uh I mean but yeah. <laughs> but, no, but, but we're sitting here talking about teachers, you know, that that taught us years and years and years ago and understanding yeah. that does that bring a certain level of like uh seriousness to the way you approach what you're what you're doing? The funny part is it does. And the crazy part, that's what brings the asshole out. Because it's like, man, this isn't a joke. Like, almost you think about it like how we are. It's like, man, you, I tell my kids every time, when you leave my classroom and you go to the next teacher, the first thing they're going to ask you when you don't know something is who's your teacher last That's true. That's basically where it goes. That's facts. And it's almost like you're making a name for yourself. Now, with my seniors, I'll admit it was their last year. And the funny part was, one, it was their last year. Two, your 12th grade year, you don't have a milestone. So what does that mean? I decide whether or not you graduate from high school or you stay here another year. Mm. And best believe, oh, yeah, I had no problem having kids. Like, I had a kid sat there and failed. He was back the next year, man. I used to talk about him because I'm like, dude, you went to prom two years in a row. That's a record with the same suit on. And you still go here as a senior. Mm. Bruh, you that man. Like, it was just, yeah. But it, it just got to that point where I had to understand that, again, this is a new day and age. And a lot of the older teachers, they were like, when I first got there, they were like, you're too serious. And I'm like, what do you mean I'm too serious? They're like, you have a senior class. Like, man, they just going to graduate whatever the class is. I'm like, not on my watch. I put all my notes online. I gave you nothing on paper. Uh, you had different homework, like, almost every day. They were like, man, you the only math teacher that give homework. What does that have to do with me? I don't care about that. Right. <laughs> like, <laughs> that don't matter. So it, it was one where, again, me navigating that year it was crazy. I can tell you, when I made it, the when I realized I made it, it was two things that happened. I had a kid that basically my class is a semester class. I had a kid that failed my class first semester. And I ain't going to lie. He used to come to me during lunchtime and he's like, hey, Coach Willis, what's going on? And I'm like, nothing much, man. How you doing? Cool. See you last period. And he'll give me the finger gun and everything. He can point at me. All right, cool. See you later. And that nigga never came to class. He was never there. And he would see me every day and say the same thing. He would say the same thing. And I'm talking about it's no love lost. Like, he wouldn't even act differently towards it. He would just say, oh, hey, coach, new day, huh? I see you, I see you in class. <laughs> it was crazy. And I ain't going to lie, I'm not going to forget this kid forever. And then second semester, he came to me, he sat down, he's like, Coach Willis, I'm going to be honest, man. I need a specific time to come in your class. And I'm like, what do you mean? He's like, well, you know. My third period, I ain't doing nothing. I normally like to leave school early every day. So can I come in on your third period? And I'm like, hold up, but you got so-and-so third period. He's like, man, don't worry about that. I got to be in her class. That ain't going down. And I'm like, you know what? Let's try this. I was like, I'll try it for a week, and let's see how it goes. And, dude, he would come in. He'll get the work done. This man might help some people. And I'm like, hold up, bro. How you fail first semester and how you helping people? Mm. And... I would explain things, and this is how crazy it got. I would explain things to the class, and of course, I'm technical and I'm using mathematical terms. And they're like, Coach Willis, can't Anthony explain it? And I'm like, why? This man don't know what he's doing. And he's like, okay, bet. Now look, y'all take this number, boom, boom, bam, flip it three times, yada, yada, <laughs> and you get the answer. And they're like, oh, that's what you do. And I'm like, how y'all understand this shit he just said? 
And it's like, you ain't saying, you saying all the extra words. He just get to the point. Mm. And I'm like, mm. okay. And then every day after class, he'll be like, Coach Willis, are we done? I'm like, yeah, Anthony, you ain't got nothing else to do. All right, see you tomorrow. He go. <laughs> Where is so, he now? <laughs> dude, honestly, I don't know. The crazy part, like I said, when I knew I arrived, graduation, Man, I'm sitting there walking through everybody. I'm looking at all the kids, man. I'm proud as hell of everybody. After the ceremony, I'm walking around. And it's a few kids that literally was like, hey, man, come meet my parents. He basically brought me to his mom. And he's like, yeah, this is Coach Willis. He's the golf coach. He just came this year. This is the first man to actually work with me to make sure that I understood it and got everything. I wouldn't have graduated if he wasn't at Towers. Mm, and I was man. like. I was like, damn. Wow. Like, yeah. So it was like, wow, man. Like, okay. Un understood. And it was crazy because when I was working that year, somebody was like, hey, man, you better not come in here trying to be a show out. They're going to put your ass with the freshman. And I'm like, man, whatever, blah, blah, blah. And what happened? Coach Willis, we need you to work with the freshman next year. I'm like, yeah. oh, hell no, no. Well, they they try uh, to tell you, try to tell you the culture, try to tell you the culture. No, nah. but no, it, it was it, the, it, it, no. That's what you would need it. Yeah, honestly, it was where I was needed, and I, it's crazy because man, that was like my best teaching mates. Like the senior year drew me in because I was able to go with them on senior trips and actually experience stuff and get to know them and talk to them. But that freshman class, man, yeah, I had some of my worst headaches. I had some of the worst things happen, but them. Man, the moment you say something bad about Coach Willis, man, they liable to fight you. And it might be a kid that don't even like me. Yeah. And, and it was just weird to me. I was just like, man, I don't understand. Like, And it was like, you don't understand. Man, you're our math teacher. That's that's the difference. You're our math teacher. And I'm like, uh, okay. You give me trouble, but then you protect me when I, uh, okay. I, yeah. I, I, that makes sense. Yeah, it's like, yeah. It, yeah I mean, it's, it's like, it's like we can talk about them, but you can. Is that, you is that. It's, it's just to understand. It's, a, it's different. It's different when we do yeah. it. Now, since, since we, we're, we're short on time, we got, we're going to have oh, to wrap yeah, in a minute. Let's, let's just, uh, let's just wrap with, uh, you talk, you talked about the impact, uh, of what you've done since since becoming a teacher and and understanding that what what do you feel like is going to be your purpose moving forward since now you know you've kind of gotten your feet wet you've done what you got to do you you understand the gig what is going to be like what is the thing that you want to leave behind um i honestly tell my players not nah, man i at first i used to say be great and all that stuff man now it's to a point it's like, be legendary, man. I need you to be a legend. Almost like with me taking this middle school football team this year, one of the biggest things that I talked to, to them about was changing the culture. And I talked to them about basically building something that people will come back years after and say, hey, man, this class did this or this person did this. And all my kids' minds, when they move forward, I want you to be remembered. And I want you to sit there, understand, and find your purpose of why you want to be remembered. So that's like the biggest thing I talk to them about. One, another thing, being yourself. Man, you can't beat being yourself. People are gonna leave, people are gonna move. People will purpose, God will purposely move people who don't fit your personality. 
and you won't even know it. So with them, just being yourself, man, regardless of the situation, always be yourself. You don't have to do nothing extra. You don't have to do nothing to impress anybody. Just be you. And again, that last thing, build something for the next person. That's why when coming through Bridge Builder was my poem, man. I love Bridge Builder. You want to build something for the next people. And the thing is, you don't expect them to do worse than you. You expect them to do better than you. So you set a bar for them to accomplish and achieve. So those are like the biggest things I try to instill in my kids. And it's funny that humbleness, man, is it's a humble but arrogant move. It's funny. It's like you can talk to me and I can tell you some shit that's assholeish, but I say it so nicely that it's like I don't understand how you meant it. And I have my kids. It's funny how when they say that when you start a culture at a certain place and your kids start to move like you do. It got to that point where, like, my quarterback, when he was doing what he was doing, man, he moved like that. Yeah, he talked like it. He kind of talked it, it, like it. Yeah, he started his to attitudes take on like that. Yeah. The persona. It's like, man, it's like, man, y'all blowing people out. Y'all putting up points. You doing your thing. Ah, oh, man, I'm just putting the ball in the end zone. That's what you're supposed to do, right? Like, it's just one of those. And they're just looking like, bro, y'all four and one, five and one. Like, where, what did, where did this come from? Where did this come exactly. from? Exactly. Yeah, that's good. So what you're saying, you passing along the, the person, the man, the exactly. myth, the legend, which is Booby. Man, try, <laughs> hey, try to, miles. hopefully, hey, hopefully they ain't as bad. Like I said, that arrogance. Hey, man, when we start winning at the school, no, the school hadn't won a game the year before. Last, this year, before going into the region championship game, we were four and one. Hey, man, these dudes thought they were rock stars. Mm-hmm. You couldn't tell them nothing. Yeah. Teachers right, right. hit me up all the time, man. They don't do nothing but watch film in, in class. And I'm like, now, no, they had never watched film before. I had to teach them how to watch film and what to look. Wow. And they in class watching film, getting ready for the next game. Like, it, it was just, yeah, teachers. It, it, was, it was good to see. But, again, now with me remodeling it this year, just implementing more where – it's expected. Like, you don't have to, like I told them, we don't have to be on a high horse because we're winning. We should expect to win. We work hard to win. So if you work hard, you should expect to get the benefits of working hard. Just bottom line. Man, that's good stuff, man. That's, that, and, and literally, they're going to be able to take that with them to high school and beyond. Exactly. You know what I'm saying? Because the thing about yeah, it is like, understand winning is a culture. And yep. understanding what it takes to win is just completely different. And uh yeah, I mean I think I think, you know, since we're like running running short on time, I hate to cut it like this. And you can come back, you know, you can come back and Oh man, I'm open now. Whenever. Before football season <laughs> hey, before football but, season starts, I'm open. Exactly, man. But look, tell, if you want people to find you, you know, let them know where they can find you. You know what I'm saying? If if that's what you want. I'm just yeah. Hey, you trying to see what I'm doing, man. Salem Middle School, man. Or you can check me out on Instagram. I still have stuff on there. But you gotta find me. I ain't gonna give it to there you. There you though. go. All right. <laughs> that, <laughs> that, <laughs> gonna make them seek. That Tell them to go look for it, man. Well, with that being said, man, but we thank you for coming on. We appreciate you. We no doubt. We, we love no you, problem. man. And I I I'm glad I was able to get some insight into your story and and how you're able to you know motivate you know young students and people moving forward man and i've always admired your work that you've done with the kids and i'm sure the way man we appreciate what you do with the kids man it takes a special person to do that you know and that's not yeah. that's that's uh 
that's on everything. You know, I, I think that uh, people that are in your line of work don't get enough credit or enough money, you know, and I think it's 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 time. It's time to just shed some light on that and see show people what, what, what men are out here doing and what teachers are out here doing and how they're impacting the lives of their of their children. So that way, when the time comes, the people can fight for for the kid, the teachers to get what exactly. they need and what they deserve. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I, I I definitely feel like uh, what's going on right now with the quarantine, not to date this recording, but uh, when people, when we get back to whatever that new normal is, the conversation about the values of teachers uh, will become uh, one of the topics that I, one of the top 10 topics, I think, post everything that's yeah. happening yeah. right now. Because yeah. parents have had to literally, you know, those of us that are working will now have to work and try to do what you guys do in in a smaller time frame and, and still progress their kids forward um and that's that's beyond challenging i i can attest to that just from where i'm sitting and i work from home yeah um so i i think if i had any takeaway from this was the cash uh comment i've been over oh, here oh man Ca- look cash let me tell you something. Cash i'm over here trying to figure out look at i'm trying to i'm over here trying to figure out a word that start with q that means to say because I can't have that K in that there. K. You know? yeah. <laughs> I got to get it out of there. I, I'm trying to find a word. I understand. He said, "Look, the cash is cute, uh, but we that K got to go." <laughs> but with that being said, I think it's a great acronym. It is. It is. It's spot on, bro. Like it. It, it literally is a testament to what this life is like, especially if you're trying to work mm. with somebody. But uh, I love the purpose, uh, and I love profiling and showcasing black men as teachers uh, yeah, and, and trying to make sure people understand the importance of that. I mean, hell, I even thought about it, but my mom made me promise a long time ago not to become one. She was a teacher. Boy. And um, she, she made my sister and I, she said, because the politics that's coming into teaching right now, uh, and she was one of the first teachers that when they, in the state of Georgia, integrated schools in the 70s, mm-hmm. one of the last states, uh, her experience was one that she just hated it. I mean, she loved the kids. She loved her peers. She did not care for administration and, yeah. and the politics of it all. And and that was why she sat us down and had us promise that. But now looking at it, I'm saying, you know, there has to be a way to integrate black men into being teachers and whatever else we want to do. In life. It's needed, man. It's, it's really needed. It's nah. really needed. Because that's one of those avenues that you get a chance to mentor and actually be there physically and they see you every day. Right. And it helps. It helps. I wonder why they don't do it like in college. You know what I mean? Like you don't have to teach every day in college. You know what I mean? Like you're a professor of yeah, this like topic. Yeah, I got you. Yeah. yeah. Like why can't we do that? Why is that not an option um, in schools? I mean, I get after pre-K maybe. Yeah. You know, I mean, like the K through five stabilize it but anything after fifth grade can be similar to what the collegiate experience yeah yeah just you know the crazy part is it's tough to make an impact doing that though man because of course it's almost like being a substitute man think about how kids are when the substitute come in Man. So if they don't see you there every day, if they don't see you there but, every day, or a level of consistency, but, because we had some right, subs, I, I, we, yeah. we had some subs that we fucked with too in school. You know oh no, no, yeah, I got, yeah, yeah, I got. you know, there's definitely some subs where you see them in the building. You're, you're, you're yeah, hoping, oh, yeah. yeah, you're hoping that they they subbing for you. You know what I'm saying? It's like, like, be that, like just to have the element there. That's what yes, I mean. yeah, just to culture, add that to it. Yeah, that's the, add the culture of men being in, in education. School, yeah. 
in front of my kids. Yeah. But they they do try to do a better job by volunteering and different things. Plus, now most high schools, middle schools, you don't necessarily have to be at that school. You can be at a school in the county and pretty much still coach and give that avenue. Because I have one of my coaches that's at an elementary school. And, man, you wouldn't be able to tell he's at the school so much. So. Well, that's cool. That's cool. Well, all right. Well, look, thank you for coming on, Dwayne. Appreciate think, it, man. Look, no look, problem. Look, no man, I'm, I'm saying, hey, if you're listening to this, go ahead. We, we said earlier, like, share, subscribe, let people know about it. Uh, if you need us, hit us up at You Good Bruh Podcast. You got any kind of questions, concerns, comments, topics, things you want to discuss, places you want us to, places you want us to be. You know, those type of things, just hit us up. We're You Good Bruh Podcast, Facebook, Instagram, email no at gmail.com, and then um, YG Bruh Podcast on Twitter. Thank you so much. And I'm Sam Dupe, and I'm good. I'm Tell Mikhail, and I'm good. I'm Dwayne Willis. I'm in the house so I can stay good. <laughs> Corona free. Coronavirus. <laughs> <laughs> just like that, we are out. <laughs> Peace.